Welcome to PB Link Stories. We explore the stories and uncover the business secrets of some of Britain's most successful entrepreneurs. Today we have a special settlement status edition of PB Link Stories with Dorota Peshkovska, the EU Settlement Scheme Project Officer with Phoenix Counseling, Personal Development and Support Services. Dorota will share with us the services offered by Phoenix to Central European citizens in Scotland and update us on the critical matter of settled status, uh, crucial for any EEA or Swiss citizen to know. Dorota is an activist, a journalist and a campaigner. She moved to Scotland in 2015 from Warsaw and has worked as editor-in-chief at emito.net in Edinburgh, project coordinator for EU Citizens' Right, Rights Project, a human testing technician for the <laughs> University of Edinburgh, and now works, as I mentioned, with Phoenix. Uh, she's also been the campaign coordinator with Vote You Are at Home, which encourages Polish people in Scotland to use their vote here. Her latest achievement was the double feat of getting married and buying a property in Edinburgh, both during lockdown. Dorota, congratulations, well done. And Thank welcome. you very much, Bill. <laughs> yeah, welcome to PB Link Stories. Uh, can I check, have I got my facts right? You moved to the UK from Warsaw in 2015 and you came straight to Scotland? Uh, uh, any yes, reason why you... Sorry, right. carry on. Yeah, yes, that's right. Straight to Scotland, straight to Edinburgh. Uh -huh. um, I still remember this day because it wasn't my first uh, time in Edinburgh, actually. Um, I had traveled here before as a student, just on holiday with a friend. And the moment when I left the Waverley station, because at the time there were still no direct flights from Warsaw to Edinburgh. So I had to go to Glasgow and then um, travel by train. The, the moment I left the Waverley station, I was like, yes, this is, this is home. I remember this place. It was overwhelming and um, quite strange. I did not expect uh, this rush, rush of emotion um, mm. as I uh, arrived, but it happened. And then uh, four days later, I met a person who's now my husband. Oh, fantastic, <laughs> so really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's Tom. Yes. That's dumb. Yeah. Uh, so that's in short the story of how I came and then how I stayed in Scotland, I guess. Uh, but I originally came for a short uh, three-month uh, Erasmus internship. Uh -huh. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm extremely pleased to hear about how you, how you feel about Scotland and how you felt when you arrived here, that you felt immediately that you were at home. And uh, that's great. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, as, as a Scottish person, it's a wonderful thing for me to hear. Hmm. Uh, you now work for Phoenix Development, which, as I understand it, offers services primarily to the Polish and Central European community. Uh, what, what services does Phoenix offer? Uh, yes, primarily. That's uh, absolutely correct. Although I should mention that my service, the EU Settlement Scheme service, is uh, open to any EU, EEA, Swiss nationals and their family members uh -huh. uh, who are vulnerable and need help in applying to the scheme. Uh, but uh, Phoenix, uh, as such, was um, founded, uh, I believe, in 2007 or eight by a group of uh, Polish therapists who saw this need in the community to support um, their mental health. Um, they 
so what I think many migrants can attest that my, uh, immigrating somewhere can be a very isolating experience. You leave mm. your, all your connections, your family, uh, your close friends in a different country and you come to a place where you often know no one and uh, you don't know the system, the reality, quite often the culture around you, even if you know the language, I don't think anything can prepare you for the experience of just living within a different cultural code. Um, so yes, many, many people after they immigrate, they um, experience this sort of social isolation. Um, but then also um, there's this um, barrier in accessing any services uh, that are offered primarily to, you know, to the native population. Uh, and it works on both sides. On one hand, you have migrants who don't necessarily know how something works maybe they don't have the language skills or the confidence to uh, ask and find out uh, but on the other hand uh, you know for example something as like a mental health doesn't translate well um, so a therapist or a GP uh, could not pick up some signals especially also when there's a language barrier um, so yes so they decided that this sort of service uh, is needed um, and they started offering a therapy primarily for uh, Polish nationals, but not only. And again, this has mainly to do with the language barrier, but also understanding cultural codes. Um, but uh, family members and, and other people we can help are also uh, welcome. And currently, Phoenix offers uh, a number of different community projects that are primarily designed to sort of combat the, the social isolation problems that can uh, deteriorate someone's mental health. Uh, so um, there are projects uh, such as uh, Leaf Conversation Cafes that allow people to practice uh, their English uh, language skills. And uh, these are still held even now during the pandemic, they're held online. Okay. Um, there's the Active 50 Plus group for uh, people who come here, for example, uh, to look after their grandchildren. So their children came first, they started uh, they decided to settle here, have children, and then they invited their own parents to look after the grandchildren. Uh, yeah. But this group mm -hmm. often comes here without knowing the language that well and uh, mm, often feel quite isolated as well. Uh, then there's the toddler group. And uh, I think, oh, yes, we also have a smart recovery, the uh, project uh, for people who are uh, struggling with various uh, addictions uh, and need a meeting group to talk about that. Um, and then there's my own EU settlement scheme uh, support service, which was uh, opened in 2019 as a response to the reality of Brexit um, and the new immigration scheme uh, that the UK government uh, introduced for all Europeans who wish to continue living here. And uh, my own service... Uh, as I mentioned, is uh, is open to anyone who needs to apply to the scheme, really. And uh, thanks to our collaboration with Citizens' Rights Project, uh, the organization where I used to be the project coordinator and where mm. I'm now a board member, uh, because of their links with the various communities and the volunteers that they've trained uh, and, and work with, we are able to, to uh, offer the EU settlement scheme support service in various languages. So uh, Polish, Romanian, uh, Lithuanian, Russian, um, Greek, Italian, Spanish, French. So really, uh, we always say that if someone has a, has a question and, and needs support in a given language, they should ask and we'll see what we can do to 
support them in their own language. And also I've just noticed we keep re just repeating EU settlement scheme, which maybe just sounds alienating for some people, mm. but this is simply the settled and pre-settled status. Uh, yeah. So in Polish status, also osiedlonej lub tymczasowy status. Aha. Yeah, so, um, so settled status and pre-settled status, this refers to if you have been living in the UK since if you've arrived in the UK before 30th of December, or 31st of December last year, if you've been here for more than two years, you can apply for settled status. Uh, and with less than that, you apply for pre-settled status. Uh, is that, is that a, a, a good summary of what those terms mean? A slight, uh, slight added there. Uh, so uh, settled status is for um, anyone who's lived, uh, who's lived here for five years or more. Uh, in practice, what they understand by this is uh, more than six months in any 12-month period. So sometimes people who apply after living here for four years and six months are also successful. Um, and I guess... Um, if you don't mind me going into uh, into the details as well, uh, oh, there are some people who lived here for five years in the past and left the UK. But if they uh, acquired uh, what is well, if they exercised their treaty rights, let's put it that way, which usually means that they worked at this time and no more than five years passed since this moment, they can also qualify for settled status. So I know this is uh, this is the type of application that I'm doing more and more uh, since uh, December, really. So someone who used to live here but then left but would still like to secure their status in the UK. Uh, and then pre-settled status is um, for uh, anyone who lived uh, here uh, for at least one day, but before the 31st of December 2020 and no further, <laughs> further in the past than six months. Um, okay. So at least uh, at least one day, and then um, obviously these are the sort of standard types of applications of people who who lived here. Uh, but uh, right now, family members can uh, join as well. Uh, so if uh, someone is wondering what they can do to get their close family members here, the EU settlement scheme may still be an option for them. Right. So if you have settled status you can apply to for family members to come and join you from uh, EEA or Swiss countries so that's all the countries in the European Union Norway Iceland Liechtenstein and Switzerland yeah well so uh, if, if you have a settled status or pre-settled status uh, then your close family members can come regardless of their nationality the process is slightly different if they themselves are eu nationals or not um, but if you're for example uh, uh, italian but your parents live in uh, pakistan and are pakistani then uh, if you have a status in the uk you are still entitled to bring your family members here the the key here the most complicated things here really is the definition of close family members uh, because um, there's a definition that the home office, the immigration office here has that doesn't need to be in line with what we think of close family members. Oh, I see. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's uh, the, uh, the regulations see it as uh, parents, uh, sorry, dependent parents or uh, grandparents or great grandparents, um, children under 21 years of age or dependent children older than that, um, and then spouses or partners in durable uh, relationships. Oh, 
Okay. And the relationship must have existed on the 31st of December 2020. Uh, it always mm -hmm. feels so strange to talk about all this detail. Um, but the more you go into the immigration law, and you mentioned yourself, build your own research, the more you realize how much all these tiny details matter <laughs> and uh, absolutely, what the absolutely. definitions are and what the asterisks are, um, etc. So right. uh, I, I indeed, really wouldn't like anyone to get a wrong idea. So that's absolutely. why I'm and using all these words. Let me let me just clarify again, because I made a mistake. I, I don't know why I said two years. The magic number is five years. Um, but yeah, these these numbers are important. These things are important. Um, now, if if and when uh, let's call everybody who is EEA in Swiss European citizens, that's EU, EEA or Swiss. But I'm going to call all all these communities are all European citizens for just while we're talking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a short hand, yes. So a European citizen gets settled status here in the UK, and then that gives them all sorts of rights, doesn't it? Uh, you you can, for example, when are, are you a settled status citizen, Dorota, or will you be? Yes, I am, I am. Ah, I come so here, I came here in 2015, so it's been mm -hmm. over five years, yep. Yep, mm -hmm. brilliant. So mm -hmm. you now have the rights that you have, bring you very close to the rights of, of, of someone who's lived here all their life or someone who's born here, like oh, I was born here. Uh, yes, uh, I wouldn't say that I have identical rights to someone who is a British citizen because, mm -hmm. for example, um, we do not automatically have the right to vote in all the elections. Uh, also, uh, nationality is something you get more or less for life. Uh, unless you uh, commit some uh, absolutely atrocious uh, crimes. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, the uh, status that I have, the settled status, uh, I could lose it by moving out of the UK for more than five years. Mm, so uh, there are differences, uh, yeah. but uh, the type of uh, the status that this is, the type of uh, in immigration jargon is called leave. <laughs> to, I think it was just invited to con uh, invented to confuse all the immigrants. Let's call their right to stay a leave. <laughs> so they will think I, they need to leave. That's right. I, I'd never thought of that. I, I really, exactly. Leave to remain, which is, yes. so to me, because this is my first language, I just, that just sounds vaguely bureaucratic to me. And just hearing it back with you saying it, I realise it's very confusing. Leave to remain, indeed. Yes, we did have some people who are very concerned about the fact that they received a leave to remain because they associated either with leaving or maybe, you know, at work you have a leave. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Indeed. Oh, yes. uh, but this just means the right to, to stay. So settled status gives you what's bureaucratically known as indefinite leave to remain in the UK, whereas pre-settled mm -hmm. status gives you a limited leave to remain uh, or enter. Uh, because if you apply from abroad, then you receive a leave to enter. Good, good. Now, the deadline, we mentioned one deadline already, which has passed, which was the 31st of December of mm. last year. And the next deadline, which is crucial, this is a deadline you have to apply for pre-settled or settled status before the next deadline, which is... Uh, the 30th of uh, June 2021. So anyone who wished to continue living here and hasn't applied yet to the EU settlement scheme should do so uh, by the end of June. Fantastic. And when mm. it comes to the EU settlement scheme, uh, actually some people may notice that their application takes longer 
um, for the home office to decide. And in these circumstances, it's very good to write to your MP and uh, ask them for help and intervention or intervention on your behalf. So oh, I see, really, to, to, th- to expedite your where, application. Yeah, exactly. So this mm-hmm. is somewhere where just being aware of how political structures in a, in a different country, well, your new home country work is mm-hmm. very uh, helpful. Excellent, excellent. No, that's good. You used to, of course, before the pandemic, you travelled all over Scotland participating in roadshows to tell European citizens about their rights. Uh, now you're doing the same online. And I imagine for, because for, for people who want to find out about their rights, the fact that there are all these workshops and events online is great. But for the people who are delivering them, it, will, it could well mean that you're doing a lot more because physically you're able to because of the, there's less traveling, I suppose. That's uh, true. That's one outcome of the pandemic. And we do still uh, deliver uh, this sort of information sessions, in particular citizens' rights projects. So if someone wants to uh, have a look at a selection of briefing events and very um, sort of specialist talks about various topics, such as how to bring your family members here, uh, delivered by qualified uh, lawyers, they should definitely check out the citizens' rights project uh, uh, Facebook. Um, on Phoenix, we do uh, more focused uh, Facebook Live videos on Monday that uh, discuss certain aspects of the EU settlement scheme um, itself. Um, so we are hoping, well, we know we are reaching a lot of people um, this way, uh, but then there are always those who are uh, digitally excluded. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we all know, and one of our aims is to reach this pe- these people. So uh, the immigration service that we deliver is actually deemed uh, an essential service. Um, we try to do as much as possible online or over the phone and deliver uh, sort of uh, support sessions uh, online with a very dedicated support and explaining step-by-step step how the application works. But for those people who are either not... Uh, confident in their digital skills enough or simply do not have uh, appropriate um, equipment or do not have the internet connection, uh, we do still have an open office and it's still possible to schedule a visit uh, or even to uh, come to an immigration clinic. We recently had two of those in Edinburgh. Uh, We Mm -hmm. also had two in Dunbar and one in... uh, Chern site in uh, in the borders. Okay. So where and when possible, we still appear in person because we understand that for some people this is um, this is indispensable. This is the help that they need. Absolutely, no, that's good. So nobody nobody is excluded, which is the whole point of the thing, isn't it? It's all about including as as many people when it comes to when it comes to rights, the rights apply to all of us. How would people find out about these workshops if such a workshop was coming to my town, Dorota? Because Mm -hmm. it's for people who are digitally excluded. Normally, I would find out everything online. How how do people find out about the workshops where you do socially distanced in-person workshops? Yeah, so one good thing about working with close-knitted communities is that the word of mouth spreads. So Mm -hmm. even if we advertise uh, or say something and share something online, I actually did have clients who called me because someone in the Polish shop, for example, gave them a number or or so a a video or a presentation. Uh, But then we also have leaflets uh, that uh, we distributed, or I should rather attribute all the credit here to citizens' rights. Uh, I'm mostly an immigration advisor, really, so I'm mostly 
mm-hmm. work one-to-one with clients, but um, this uh, outreach work has been done by Citizens' Rights who sent uh, the leaflets, informational materials to local councils, to libraries, to various third sector organizations, um, local shops as well, and just spread the message as wide as possible. And right. this has really uh, worked and uh, some of the people that I'm really proud of as having reached, for example, is an elderly lady in a care home in the Scottish borders uh, who I, I, I had to help her with the help of the uh, local well, carers from the home, obviously, because no one can enter a care home at the moment, not even the family, not to mention an immigration advisor. Uh, yeah. So we had a very nice phone session with the carers to whom I explained all the project and they sort of followed the steps. They helped me to check the lady's ID and then I could um, do the session for her and submit her application. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's a great story. That's fantastic. No, that's good. Yeah, I, I just think of my own time where I live uh, in Kirkcaldy. We have a Polish uh, shop at each end of the high street. It's a very long high street and there's one Polish <laughs> shop at one end, one Polish shop at the other. So absolutely, if a poster went up in each of those shops, then uh, I imagine very quickly lots of the Polish community uh, would know about an immigration clinic. Good point. Dorota, we're going to finish with uh, just one very simple question. Um, How would people contact Phoenix? So to contact me, people can email me at uss at phoenix.org.uk and that's spelled E for eco, U for uniform, S for Sierra, S for Sierra, at Phoenix, which is spelled the Polish way, so F for Foxtrot, E for Eco, N for November, I for India, uh, K for Kilo, and S for Sierra.org.uk. And this is at the moment the best way of reaching me. Uh, I also have a phone number, but given the volume of inquiries we're receiving at the moment, I just cannot always uh, pick up the phone or call you back. You can text me <laughs> if you want. And my phone number is 078 uh, So these are two good ways of reaching us. You can also uh, write to us on Facebook. And you can try giving a call uh, uh, a try. If I'm not caught up in the meeting and working with a client, I will definitely speak up. That's fantastic, Dorota. That's excellent. Dorota, thank you very much for coming on to PB Link Stories today and sharing that information with us and a little bit of your story as well about coming to Scotland and living here. It's been very, very useful, and I'm sure our listeners will. Uh, find great value in it as well. So, Dorota, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Bill, for having me. Uh, It's really been a pleasure. Join us at our next event and engage with the business community.